And welcome to another show of Don't Get This Twisted. I am Rob, along with my co-host, as always, Tina. How are you doing, Tina? I'm hanging in there, Rob. How are you doing? Oh, you know, I sound much more pleasant than I really am. <laughs> Isn't that how we do things around here? Yeah, it was a rough day at work today. It was, was it? just rough. Yeah, it was long. It was slow. Yeah. I'd rather have it busy all day long. These those slow days, they just drag. Yeah. So I didn't get to bed until early, early this morning because I've oh. been being an idiot doing stuff and not knowing when to go to sleep. So uh-huh. then I slept, I slept on and off until like one 30 and I'm like, Oh my God, I wasted a whole damn day. But oh yeah. yeah. sometimes you just need to do that to get other shit done. So I uh-huh. did. Yeah, no, that's true. Look, I mean, we've, we've all, we've all stayed up late for whatever reasons. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I used to stay up until midnight talking to my friend um, down the street and I would be up at 5 a.m. So I would go to bed at like 12 or 1230 and then get up at five o'clock in the morning. Yeah, so Oy. we've, yeah, there were some rough days, but look, it all matters what you think worth it is. That's true. You know, I mean, we used to do that shit all the time when we were teenagers mm-hmm. all the time. I so, still am kind of like that. If there's something I want to do or have to do, I'm like, I'll sleep when I'm dead. I'm just going to keep powering through I, until I can't anymore. I'm very much the same way. Yeah. Like. If if I have a chance to talk to somebody that I haven't talked to in a long time or there's a, a good conversation going, I'll gut it out and go, OK, I'll find a way to nap the next day at work or whatever. So uh, I wish I could nap at work. That that may not look right. <laughs> no, no, I, I'm lucky I, I can because um we have like a little break room nice. with a bunch of chairs in it. So. I mean, you have to sleep sitting up, but you can make it work. There you go. <laughs> yeah, for sure. Almost everyone in my building takes a nap. It's funny. And and they're not all old guys. So it's interesting. You know, it's, it's an so, interesting place uh-huh. that you work at because that doesn't happen in my work. <laughs> yeah. I mean, all in all, if you really, really had to sleep, you could always go in your car and put the seat down. Yeah. Like. That's if I really had to, you have a kind of a big parking lot. So I don't know if I could do it there, Yeah. but we have a small parking lot and it, it you're not bothered by many people. It's because I work in wholesale and we're in a commercial location. So the only people that come to my parking lot are there for a reason. Mm, <laughs> There's no cool. other things around. Yeah. So. Unlike where you work, where there's a lot of things around there. There is. So I don't know if I could sleep with the windows down or <laughs> with where you are. So no. Uh, no, 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 no. So we talked off the air this week about a topic and you're like, hey, you posted that meme on your personal Instagram. We should um, talk Address about that. that. And yeah. I was like, hey. Yeah, it's probably a good idea because I think a lot of people either have done it or are afraid of going through it. Mm-hmm. Um, it was this simple. I found it somewhere else. It said, raise your hand if you know what it's like to lose everything and rebuild your life from scratch. And it had a little guy with his hand up. <laughs> and I was like, that's totally me because I've me. gone through that where yeah. and and you where a couple times you're really kind <laughs> of. I, I think I've done it twice as well, where I got evicted when I was like 21 out of an apartment because of a bunch of dumb shit. 
I, I didn't lose everything, but man, I was really at the bottom of the barrel. I was making like $6 and 50 cents an hour and I didn't want to go back home. Mm-hmm. So I found a way to get an apartment and I ate like Kool-Aid. I drank Kool-Aid and ate macaroni and cheese and ramen for as long as I could. Jesus. It was a rough time. Yeah. But the divorce, I lost everything. Like I lost my house. I didn't have a car. Um, I had a job, but that was really it. And I was, I didn't know what to do. Mm-hmm. That, that was kind of the thing for me too, with during COVID, mm-hmm. I lost, you know, uh, our marriage was over. Uh, my car was dying and the mechanic said I needed a new one. My job, I had three days to get out of it because at that point they were, uh, they, they were kicking us out because we hadn't paid rent, even though COVID was going on. I had to, uh, move home to my dad's and, like it was very, and I, and I didn't tell anybody, which was even worse. Like there were so few people that knew I wow. was just trying to get through my day. And that's not me. I'm a talker and, and I go to people for help, but I just think I was so overwhelmed. I couldn't, I couldn't do it. I just couldn't do it. So I stayed really quiet and just yeah. put my head down and did what I had to do. But the loss was severe. It was severe. You know, and you don't realize where you're at. Like, you know, with all the things you're like, okay, I I, I don't have a place to stay or I finally moved back home. My car's taking a shit. Money's okay. So I'm eating and I'm surviving. But it sometimes it doesn't hit like really smack you <laughs> until you're like doing something uh, minuscule or minute. And all of a sudden it like punches you in the gut and you're like mm-hmm. oh wait a second i'm like going through a rebirth of my life and yeah. i don't know if i'm gonna make it through this that that's been me <laughs> but no i think now that we're yeah. what three years out of the situation and i i have a friendship with my ex and the divorce, we split everything. So I wasn't without anything. I mean, I could take whatever I wanted to out of the house and I had to get a new car and I found a new place to, to work. And I'm slowly but surely rebuilding again after being an established hairdresser. Like I, I see now where I'm going, but at the time it was like, just please put one foot in front of the other and just get through today without everybody seeing how devastated you are. Cause I really was. Not, not that not that everything didn't yeah. need to happen. It did need to happen. It was over. It, it was, you know, it, we both had just quit doing what we needed to do for each other. It needed to be over, but it was very difficult. It was, it was very scary to start over. Very scary to be a woman without a job to start over. You know that um, I don't know how I've survived it, though. I guess you just have to do it anyway. You have to go through it anyway. You have to you have to swim to the surface and try to get out of the water and start over. You know, I don't know really how. Yeah, how you, I did you it, have though. to. I think that, look, we as people are we're pretty tough, right? Um, we're resilient you you start cutting corners first of all i think that's at least that's what i did i went okay because here i am i'm a single dad who's now has to find a place to live 
that's when I ended up moving to Vegas. So I was like, okay, I know I can work in Vegas. I shouldn't have a problem. Um, the economy was better um, there, like lower rent. I could go there and survive off of what I was making at the time. But it was unknown waters for me there as well. So here I am. I'm leaving. Thankfully, my dad had a car that he wanted to upgrade. So he sold me a car for like four grand that had like no miles on it. Because my dad was retired. So I think he he got me a Saturn. And I think at the time it had 40,000 miles on it. And it was like seven or eight years old. Wow. So that's where I kind of lucked out. I, I had money. So I'm like here's the money. Here's money. I, so I left with a car. I had a job. I found an apartment where I wanted to live at in a decent part of Vegas. But then the, the reality hit of, I don't know anyone here Mm -hmm. with with the exception of a friend from high school that I, you know, she had a family and was married, so I couldn't hang out with her or do things with her often, but at least I could lean on her to talk to in a new area. Like, where's a good place to eat or where's this or that. And then, you know, now I have a, I think my kid was eight, eight at the time. Yeah. Eight, maybe seven. I had, you know, going into a new school, I had to do after school care, like all these things that were, and I I didn't make a lot of money, but I, I was ahead of the game, but not by much. Like I still live paycheck to paycheck but I was doing okay. Um, mm-hmm. But it was scary because I didn't, I mean, I moved and I've done that again when I came where I'm at now. Like I, I make these decisions. They're brash sometimes, but they've, for me, I'm lucky because I've, well, like you said, rose to the surface. When I came back from, from Vegas, um, I came here with no job. I was on unemployment. But I had a friend in Camarillo who needed roommates. She had this big house. Her parents had just moved away. She was like my little sister, this young girl who was like, hey, I have two rooms. Do you want to rent them? And I was like, on it. Yeah, I could come back. Going there saved me to the point of being able to not pay a ton and get ahead of myself a little bit. But even so, paycheck to paycheck was was rough. I'll get you. I remember um, the first time that I remember ever really starting over was when I was 40. And I've talked about that before. I was on fertility treatments. I miscarried, had to have a hysterectomy. My daughter ran away. Um, My mom passed away. My house was robbed. I lost everything that meant anything to me. And and then uh, my mom had given me a kitten right before she died because she said I needed something to care for to keep my mind off things. And that was killed in front of me. It died in my arms. So at that point, I felt like I had lost a tremendous amount. I mean, I still had other family. I still had my husband at the time. But emotionally, there was nothing left inside of me. I was totally vacant for fuck. I don't even know how long, probably a good four years it took. And then uh, and then life finally. Yeah. Well, because, you know, you I I was very close to my mom. We were together every day. I was taking care of her. I was staying at the house until four or five in the morning when when everybody else that was living at the house got up to, to, you know, spend time with her. So she wasn't 
hurting herself or falling over or whatever it was she was going through at the time. Um, you know, and then I, I had to be there before my kid woke up for school because she needed things. And so I felt like, I felt like everything about my world stopped abruptly, um, all at the same time. And it it was so devastating. I don't think my ex even knew how to deal with the emotions that I was facing. Cause that was a lot. That was, that was hard on my friends to watch, let alone my husband to stand next to me. My dad would sit and watch me just cry. And he was like, I don't even know what to tell you. I've never experienced this before. So what do you right. do? But after you quit feeling sorry for yourself and you realize that life goes on and there's a need for you to get up and live again, you start baby stepping it, you know, and just I'm going to try this. We'll see if this works. If it doesn't work, I'll go back to bed. Like <laughs> it was literally like that. So I did that for right. it took about four years. It took about four years. But in that time, I had gained a lot of weight. Um, I was not good to myself. I was I was trying to survive there. There was a mm -hmm. huge struggle. Um, but somehow, some way, if you're if you're alive, you have to put one step in front of the other. And it does start to get a little bit easier as time progresses, because you have time to have thought you have time to get used to it. Like, I never thought I would have to live without my mom. I don't know why. Just wasn't something I ever thought about. And then, you know, finding her dead in the kitchen was like, fuck now. Okay. Now, mm -hmm. okay. You don't have to take care of your mom. You don't have a babysitter. You don't have all the drama that was going on during the time she was sick, but you still don't have a mom. So it's like, what do you do with those hours of the day where you're taking care of somebody? You know, it was, it was a hard reset. And it just, it took some time and I'm not, I would not say that I was one that didn't have a blessed life. I really did. My parents were together. You know, we've, we've lost a lot of people in our family, but we have a huge family and I I'm good with, with mm -hmm. dealing with loss and whatnot because I've been through so much, but I would still say that I had a really blessed life until that happened. And then it was like, I got hit with every freaking thing I could at one shot. So I, I kind of feel like that was even a blessing because going through it, it was so devastating that I'm glad I didn't have to go through it in pieces. Like it just, okay, you're going to get shot with this in three months time and then deal with it. Right. So. Yeah. You, you just, you just took one like dead ass in the face and was like, okay, now what do I do? Yeah. I kind of refer to that as five in the ass, but dead in the face will work too. <laughs> Sure. Five and a half. Yeah, I, 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 I would go with that. Yeah. I, I think when you when you start looking at these these life changing things, and and I think that there's many. You know, death is one. Relationship is the mm, other. Obviously, with divorce or yeah. breakups. Yeah. Yeah. Or or and or long relationship breakups. Th yeah. Those are also have this. Um, very devastating effect on you because it's all you know mm -hmm. and then what's next so even if you're in a place where you have a stable household right now you're looking at i don't have the same income coming in how am i going to pay for my house how am i going to make my car payment um if you have children how am i going to make sure that they're getting 
what they need. You know, fed right, clothes, all those things. Yeah. And heaven forbid you had the person who was in your uh, life in a relationship, whether a husband or a girlfriend, a long term girlfriend, whatever, who helped you with the house and the children and those type of things. So now you're one less person to help you do things. It, it's devastating. It's crippling almost. And I kind of went through the same thing. Like I hadn't lived on my own in a long time. Thankfully, I had done it before. Yeah. So this wasn't anything new. I just hadn't done it in 10 years. So like getting back on the horse of, you know, oh, I, I do my own laundry or I have to make sure I cook dinner when I get home. Those type of things where you, you take them for granted. Yeah. Because somebody else you, did you it had for help. you. Yeah. It, those are the I think those are the hard things. And and obviously loneliness where like in my case, I, I it was me. You know, my kid was little. So when he went to bed, it was me and my inner monologue yeah. <laughs> to tell me like, okay, get your chin up, everything's gonna be okay. Um, I bounce things off the friends because I I I'm not a big um, uh, I shouldn't say believer. I don't tell a lot of people what's going on in my life. It's a very small group. Mm -hmm. So if you know that I'm going through nonsense, you're you're a very minute group of people. I don't even really talk to my best friend about stuff because we just have a different relationship. I I don't try to burden people. I maybe that's the thing. The people that I talk to, I know will bounce things off of me real mm -hmm. and say, hey, this, this and that. But when you're alone, it, it's it's haunting almost because you're like, OK, fuck, what am I going to do? I got to get up tomorrow. This bill's due. Uh, car payments coming this whatever. Yeah, that's I think when is the harder part. Well, the funny thing about me is I, I didn't realize I was the same way, like when when me and my ex decided to split up, I didn't tell anybody. I didn't tell. Uh, I told my dad. Mm -hmm. I told my brother. And I told my next door neighbor best friend what was going on. But other than that, I really didn't tell anybody. And then, you know, it, it was easy because of COVID. Like I wasn't seeing a lot of people. So I didn't have to lie right. or put on <laughs> a strong, a strong, um, you know, facade. Um, facade? facade. Yeah. I just had to live. Mm -hmm. And I, I remember when I first got to my dad's house, I remember sleeping a lot. Like I was like, okay, just go to sleep. Like it hurt too much for me to deal with anything. COVID was still going on. I had no reason not to sleep because nobody was doing anything. So I think that, that through sleeping, um, and just like starting to to take care of my insides. That was, that was very helpful, but you know, then I had my dad and my brother, you need to get up. You don't need to be depressed. You need to, you know, mm -hmm. and they didn't know my family. They're not a lot of talkers in it. I don't know how I became the person I am. Cause I talk about everything with everybody and they, and they divulge way more information to me than they ever would anybody else. But, um, you know, they were mm -hmm. just like, you're going to get through this. And, sooner than later, I started to put one foot in front of the other. I found a job. I had to buy a new car. Like this is how bad it was just so that people know that I'm not making this shit up. My friends, 
um, they're a couple, married couple. I knew them to separately and then they got married. So now I got two for one. Um, they called me one day and they're like, we're at the Honda dealership. Why don't you come down? We got a couple cars for you to look at. The whole time I was not in the right headspace. I really liked my old car. I had lost everything. And I thought, at least my car gets me safely, you know, and then my car's like, uh, no, I got to stop doing that for you, too. Mm-hmm. So we go to the Honda dealership and we're just looking around and I'm not a Honda person anyway, but anyway, I'm like, all right, I need to get a car. Fuck it. Let's just do it. So I, I get the car and the whole time I'm thinking the car is silver and the car that I have is definitely not silver. It's not close to silver, but my head was so not in the right place that I couldn't even, I couldn't even get that right. Like that's literally how stuck in the situation that I was at the time. Um, I still to this day don't even like the damn car. I can't wait to get rid of it. I'm going to be getting rid of it soon. But uh, it was it was so difficult like to to concentrate on on what was even happening day to day. I was thankful that that uh, my clients weren't around for me anymore because I, I wasn't remembering names. I couldn't remember what I ate that day. I couldn't remember if I paid a bill. I put all my bills on electronic payment because I was skipping things, not because I didn't have what I needed, but because I was so not focused, you know, and and. Mm-hmm you know, leaving the place that I had lived for over 20 years, leaving my ex who thankfully we were able to do this and we have a really good relationship. Now we were able to get through our shit and forgive each other and, and move past it. But going through that, there was no hope for me. And, and even my dad said, like, I really worried about you because I didn't know how the hell you were going to pull this out of your ass. And, and lo and behold, I did like life goes on. I'm, I'm happier than I've been in ages, like truly happy with myself and what I'm doing. Cause it's all just about me now. I'm not taking care of anything or anybody. And, um, mm-hmm. I'm starting to reinvent the person that I am now. So the things that I kept secret or the things that I didn't talk about, I I'm not, uh, hiding anymore. You know, when I, when, when I had to face the world and tell everybody, cause even family members still don't know I'm divorced. Like I really kept wow. shit to myself, you know? So when that's, I see that's them, tight. yeah. And, and that's not me. That's so not me. Um, no, but when I, I didn't know how I realized that I have, a dialogue that I have with people. And until I figure out exactly how I'm going to say what they need to know or what I want to tell them until I have that dialogue set, I just don't say anything because I, I don't know how to say it. You know what I mean? I don't know how to put it into words, but I finally have been able to, and I've told people and they were like, I had no idea for the last 20 years that, that you were in the relationship that you were in. I thought you guys were the best couple I ever met. And you know what? I'd still agree with it. We were pretty freaking good. We just were Mm -hmm. going in different directions and didn't, you know, didn't snap the band back and say, Hey, we're together. You know, it's not working right. Um, but man, that took a lot of faking it till I made it, you know, (laughs) literally felt like that. I think that's common though. You think? 
I think it's yes. I think it is too. Very but common. I I don't see people faking it as well. Like I always, <laughs> I'm the one that everybody tells it's okay. You know, I'm like I'll tell everybody you got this. It's okay, but. But yeah, I was faking a lot. I mean, I didn't tell you a lot of shit. I didn't tell anybody. Oh, I mean, I, I didn't know for sure until we went to talk at Denny's. Yeah. And then you still that didn't was like, know you're why. You're like, hey. I, Did I tell no, you why? No, no, no. Oh, I didn't know why for. <laughs> well, it was a little bit later, but. Yeah. But I didn't even know that it was kind of out of nowhere, uh, like that we were just going to get breakfast and you're like, Oh, you had to talk to you about something. I was like, oh, all right, well, cool. And lo and behold, a podcast came out of it. So it's kind <laughs> of funny that, that, that that's what happened. Yeah. But I think that what you did was very common. Um, oh, and I see it with a lot of people's relationships. I think that we keep a lot to ourselves to keep our family from taking the brunt of it. Right. Yeah. So like, let's say you're in a shitty relationship whether you're married or in a standard, you know, relationship, you keep a lot of this held inside because you're trying to fix it or trying to find a way out, but you don't want to throw it on maybe your children who are close to the family or, you know, your parents that are, you know, making sure you're okay. Like mine was probably kind of a shock as well. Like I remember just calling my parents going, Oh yeah, I'm getting a divorce. And they were like, what? Like, mm -hmm. we, we didn't see that coming because a lot of us and it's not that you're hiding it. You're just living life. So you're not going to like every time you I mean, maybe in my case, I don't do it. Every time I had a bad day or uh, something went wrong in my marriage, I wasn't calling my parents going, what do I do? I just that's not me. It's like I'm going to try to float to the surface and and try to fix it. And I think a lot of people do that. And I've seen it with many of my friends um, who've been in long relationships. They just don't know what to say. Mm -hmm. it, it's a, so it's definitely people. a dialogue that you need to address. And I didn't know how to do that. I didn't know how. And I didn't want <laughs> You're to. You're not alone. I didn't I, want to tell everybody what was going on. Like I still to this day, I, I only tell mm -hmm. who I want to tell. And more people know about me that listen to the podcast than my own family. Thankfully, a lot of my family don't know that I have the <laughs> podcast and they're not trying to find right, out anything right. about it. So, whew, thank God, you know, but I, I just think you're you're looking down the barrel of a gun with your family. You're damned if you do and damned if you don't. You you tell them and then you're under a microscope until it's either fixed or you break up. Yeah. Well, I remember you know when I, I told mean? my so, brother in the middle of telling my brother, I was being really honest because he and I are tight. He goes, whoa, 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 Tina, just give me the cliff notes. Like, I don't need to know all the the the, the details here. He goes, you're making me nervous. Like uh, my butt's puckering right now because I'm worried for you. So don't tell me all this. I can just so see him saying that to you. Give me the give me the cliff notes, you know, like, just tell me what I need to <laughs> right. know. Tell I, me what side I need to take. Tell me how we're going to do this. And I got you. But um, <laughs> right. but at the same time, too, he had told me a lot about what was going on in his divorce, not in his marriage. But once it he finally the shit hit the fan, then he told me. So I thought we had it like that. And he's like, no. I have it like that with you. You don't have it like that with me. I don't, 
I can't deal with what you're bringing uh, me. So, right. But then I, I realized I a that. lot of people couldn't. I can see that. A lot of people didn't know, especially like being in the relationship style that I had, like nobody had gone through that mm-hmm. enough to be able to like have a conversation with me. It was like every time I said something, it was like I I blew their mind like, wait, what was going on? Like, mm-hmm. I can't believe the two of you went through that. Wait, can you tell me how this works? And then it was like, I'm trying to tell you my problem is we're past all how it works. Like, and then I, I right, shut down. Right. <laughs> I always shut down because. I don't know how to have that dialogue, you know, and people are going to judge and people are going to to come up with their own conclusions. And I found that I'm just letting them now. Like (laughs) my my niece, she graduated the other day and we had, you know, the ex's family and my brother's family in the same room. But some of our family is more the ex's family now than they are. My I don't know how the hell that worked, but traders whatever um oh i i know about that i can tell you a story <laughs> well we were all sitting at at the um the restaurant and i took my ex with me i'm all hey uh our niece is graduating do you want to go and he's like yeah absolutely as a matter of fact we both wrote and put money into the same card because that's how cool we have it still and um right. i think i mm-hmm. blew i think i blew the bitches away that he was even there and they didn't know how to act and 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 her side of the family the ex my brother's ex's side of the family they looked at me kind of funny they were trying to figure out where i was with things there was only one uncle that came up to me and he said i am really proud of you i said really what for and he goes because you don't devastate your life to move on. You were worried about your about your husband. You were worried about how your family was going to treat him. And look at you're sitting there together at the table and you're really enjoying each other's conversation, joking and laughing with your other cousins and the kids. And the kids came up and you both hugged them at the same time. And he goes, it almost looks better than it did when you guys were married. And I'm like, well, it's definitely not fake. You know, we're not doing that. So, right. The devastation, it kicks you down. It takes you to your knees. It makes you, it makes you really have to believe in your faith and your values and that you are capable of making it. I never really saw myself as as a survivor because I didn't really ever need to survive. I had a really good family. I had a good life. It's everybody used to get pissed off at me because they thought I had it all together. I just hide it better. And so sure. now I'm like, I don't have to hide anything and I'm not down on my knees and I am making the money again. And I am driving a car, even though I don't like it, I'll, I'm going to get a new one. Cause I could, I could afford to, I'm going to get rid of that Mm -hmm. and get something that makes me happy. And you know what? It'll be in the color that I actually want because I'm in a better frame of mind and I've got new clients. I got rid of all the bitches that I didn't like. I I was like, they, everybody ghosted me. Oh, let's just ghost who I need to ghost and start with a new crop. Cause being a hairdresser for 32 years, you know, you should invent yourself and you should get rid of people that drive you crazy for a a solid 20, get rid of them, Mm -hmm. you know? So as much as it is devastating, as hard as it was, as much as it felt like a divorce, as much as I felt like I'm not a divorce, a death, as much as it felt horrible, 
I, I'm now more who I need to be. Like even the basket weaving. I love basket weaving. I know that's the nerdiest fucking thing that anybody could come up with, but I'm Native American and we all have it in us. And I found something I'm really good at. And it brings me joy to sit with my cousins who also don't have a mom. And they throw they throw their like, Tina, what do you think about this? Or Tina, what about that? And I'm, I find myself saying, go for it. Like whatever it is, go for it. Cause if I could get through those two huge events in my life that really did take me down to the kneecaps, you could do this. Like why, why be afraid? Why live wanting something when you could have it go for it. And I think ultimately that Mm -hmm. that's, That's what I got out of all that loss was you're still here. There will still be people in your life that you love. There's still going to be people that'll hold you up. Life does go on. Yeah, I miss my mom. I miss my daughter. I miss I miss all the shit that I miss my my anniversary ring. You know, they got stolen like my my grandmother's wedding bands. I miss certain things a lot. But you know what? Mm -hmm. I don't need them to live either. And that's correct. And I, that's what I'm like thankful for, because mm-hmm. if I did, I wouldn't be living the way I am and I wouldn't be happy. I'm, I'm a happy person. I will find a way to be happy. It took me a good solid few years. And then it took getting over COVID and, and forcing my life to move on because I needed a life, but don't be afraid to be at on your knees. Like, don't be afraid of that because Good comes out of it. You know, you don't have. Yeah, I agree. I, I you know, uh, there's, there's going, you know, all you can do is go up. You yeah, know what I mean? Right? Like when you're, you have no when you're at rock bottom or in a shitty spot, you, you can only go upward. Yeah. And, and, and I think you're, you're right. I think a lot of people are so worried about other things around them that they forget about themselves. Mm-hmm. Right. You know, you're you're worried about how it's like I have a friend who was in um, a long relationship to the point where maybe the kids and the people around thought that it was just what they both showed on the surface. And when you're not happy, you know, you're just going day to day and going, okay, it's I'm getting through, I'm getting through, I'm getting through. And then once the family finds out they're they're devastated and they feel like they have to pick a side mm-hmm. and it's like okay let them you you can't control outside things you can only control what happens to you mm-hmm. and you got to find happiness Agreed. whatever that is you know it, and and it's hard and and it's not easy and it's okay to lean on friends as well I, you know i have friends who look if if someone's um, willing to help you take it. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I did. I was lucky. I had a place to come back to in California where it was easy. I could survive in the mm-hmm. meantime to get back to the state. And then when I decided it was time to move this direction where I live now, I made it, you know, the place I work needed a person. I made a, I wrote what I needed to make on a piece of paper and said, this is what I can't come for anything less than this. You, you have it. to make decisions yeah. in life and, and they're, and it's going to be hard, you know, mm-hmm. and you're, you're going to have to scrape by 
And you're going to have to do things that you maybe don't want to in the meantime to get ahead. And you can do it. Um, I think that's the biggest thing to tell people that are going to listen to this is that you can do it. It's not impossible. It's going to hurt. And it's it's gonna never going to be the same way <laughs> again. Be... It's always going to be different. It's I you're mean, never going to come out the yes. same person, but you're going to come out a more evolved person if you do it right. For sure. And I think that you can get to where you want to be. Like if you're if you're in a bad marriage, get it, like we've talked about it several times, you have to get out of it. If you're in a shitty relationship, you have to get out of it. We're at ages now where you're just, well, you're going to suffer for another two years. I told you my friend in Vegas suffered for years and years. And I'm talking like 17 of them. Mm. And then decided to get out of her marriage for whatever reason. And now she's 48 years old, 50, uh, you know, pushing 50. And she's like, what do I do? And I was like, keep going. <laughs> like you're only 48. Should have you have done it sooner? Of course you should have, but you're still in a spot where, so you're 48, big deal. Move on. There's more, you know, and look, we live in a different way of dating and it's, it is hard when we get to this age. And if you don't want to do online dating and who wants to bar hop all the time and, and then she lives in Vegas, it's gotta be even more hard. Mm-hmm. It's gotta be tremendously hard because you're always meeting people from out of town. You know what I mean? Like it's got that thing. So, but if you live in a local place, it's like, okay, take chances, whatever that, that chance is, go to the supermarket, you know, date whoever, but don't stay in something that you know is never going to be okay. You can hit rock bottom. You can lose all your shit or lose things or people. So sometimes hitting rock bottom isn't losing your house or your car. It's losing the people around you that were meant a lot and and you can rebound from that people will come back like children if if your child's mad at you because you're divorcing your dad you're you're they're gonna come back around at some point and realize okay my my mom is now happy in most cases And, and well i mean in yes we'll use the bell curve like we do on this show all the time (laughs) People will come back and at least see what's going on and realize, look, you did what you did for whatever reason. It's like my ex-wife. She decided to do whatever for her own reason at 40 years old, wasn't happy in a marriage anymore. She ended up getting remarried, bought a house. She's happy. Good for her. And, And that's what you have to do right now. If you're in something that you're not happy in, and you know you're not going to be happy in it, and you're staying in it for the wrong reasons, all you're doing is jumping in a hole and slowly dumping dirt on yourself, you might as well just hit rock bottom and go, you gone, you gone, you over here, you're fucking gone. I can't talk to you anymore, and I need to do my own shit because I'm going to survive. Yeah. Because you will. Because we have to. I did not think when I was 40, because I also two of my best friends I had to get rid of, too. I just couldn't have them in my life. They they stayed my friends way Mm -hmm. too long and they weren't exactly right for me. And um, so even my my the people that I leaned on for support all got taken away at 40. But you know what the funny part about that is? I didn't think I could live without them either. I have great friends now. 
Like I have, they're, they're not perfect. Nobody's perfect. But as far as friends, they show up, they ask if I need help. They, they are there. They will answer the phone when I call, like, you know, I know a lot of people, they don't answer their phone at all, but when I call my friends, mm-hmm. they all pick up. And why is that? Cause I pick up for them. It's more reciprocal. It's mm-hmm. more of a, Hey, I really love being your friend. I'm not, not I'm obligated because we were together as friends for so long. It's not like that at all. I got great people holding my, holding my ass sometimes when I need, you know, when I need somebody to hold me up, they're there. And I look at all that is now it's, it's such a blessing. It's such a blessing because my life is way better than it, it could have been had the, whatever was in my life stuck around. And that, Mm -hmm. that made it all worth it. Although I, I still don't know how, I don't know how you did it either. I watched you do it from afar. I knew what was going on with you. I don't know how you did it. You just put one foot in front of the other and time takes care of the rest. And, and that's exactly (laughs) what I went through. You know, it's just, you, you have to believe that you're going to be okay, no matter what, just believe it. Don't, don't, if you could just not second guess that part of yourself, you're, you've got it licked. You'll be okay. Um, yeah. And the less kicking and screaming you do, the more acceptance you put into your life, the easier it becomes as well. Cause I'm a kicker and a screamer. It took me a minute. It took me a long minute. And, uh, I don't think I needed to uh, torture myself as long as I did. I mean, I, I did a little torturing here and there for sure. I think the bigger thing for me was, is okay. Like you, you, you're going to make it. You just, you have to realize that struggle is going to happen. Yeah. And you might have five months of shit and then all of a sudden something happens and, and it turns a corner and you're like, oh, all right, th- this is where I, I'm kind of going up over here. Or you, you, you know, a friend in your life goes, OK, look, we're we're going to do this now. Or your you know, uh, relative is like, hey, things are looking up or your job is your job ends up being better. Right. You're like, yeah. in my case, you're getting a lot more business. Things are picking up and you're like, oh, OK, and you don't get ahead of yourself, but you're like, oh, shit, like, all right, things are all right. Where when devastating things happen around you, your your regular life isn't affected. It's like when my mom died, like that affected me personally and and mentally, but it didn't affect my life period, like yeah. with the exception of obviously not having a parent, but like there was no other roadblocks in my way. I was like, okay, I could sit back and take that in and go, okay, I'm dealing with my mom's death, but I'm not letting it affect, you know, my bills or my rent or taking care of my kid or making sure that everything is being taken care of. I just sat back and went, this is horrible. And how, how am I going to keep moving forward? And I think that that's what you have to do in any of these things is when you hit the speed bump, or, you know, the anchor drops, you go, okay, how do I get out of this situation where the least amount of things or people get hurt? I move and I'm moving forward or stepping or, you know, keep moving forward, baby steps, whatever it is, without dragging myself to, you know, wanting to jump in front of a bus. 
and and you can do it. You just got to find the right people around you to go. Everything's going to be all right, but you need, you know, you need to do this and you need to realize that you're, yeah, you're, you're in a bad spot right now, but it'll get better. Mm-hmm. And then believe it. Cause that's the biggest thing. If you don't believe that you can get out of the situation and be better, you're just going to stay in it and look forward because to it because there is a lot oh, that, that does happen that, that is going to make you happy. So you have to believe it. Sure. Yeah. You, you can't wallow in shit and think that you're not going to smell. <laughs> if you keep wallowing in it, you're it, it's going to be stinky. The only way to get out of that is to get out of the pig pen, wash yourself off and go time to move forward. Time mm-hmm. to move on. Can't be on this farm no more. Maybe, maybe you don't need pigs. Maybe you need to move on to something better and yeah. you can do it. it. It's not, it's not easy. And I don't pretend that it is. And but it's my only thing to the people out you, there listening. It's not that hard either. If you're, if mm-hmm. you're honest with yourself. Correct. Like that, that's what I'm trying to say. Like for me, what, what is for you? What would you tell somebody right now? Who's in a situation doesn't matter what it is what would you tell them to do mm. do whatever you need to do to bring a little bit of happiness to your life every day and have faith that things will work out the way that they need to work out cuz they do you can't you can't have all the answers to a story that you're on page 2 reading you have to read the whole book in order to get there and Mm -hmm. at page two you're not going to know shit so don't expect to but by page 150 you're gonna you're gonna get in the swing of things you know you're gonna have a better comprehension of what you need to do what's going to happen how it's going to feel and then you can start working on it and you know you got to finish the book because there's so many Life is not perfect for either of us. We both have our struggles, even coming out of all the things that we've been through. Um, I'm still living in one bedroom at my father's house that is way too tiny for the stuff that I have. And I don't know where I'm going to put my shoes right now. There's so much uh, space that that I don't have, you know, that shoes are an issue right now. But on the other hand... I I go to bed every night and and life is not it's not bad. I'll wake up tomorrow. I'll be OK. I could come. I could leave with nothing and be OK because you know what? I did that. And mm-hmm. I never I'm not that person. I'm the one that everybody comes to because you could live in the same place for 100 years. They know how to find you. They come to you for support and help. I've always been that person. But. Going through all this, I I was the only one that could help myself. And once I let go of how things should look or how I wanted them to appear to other people, once I got rid of the facade and just said it's nobody's fucking business but my own, like it started getting a little better. Little by little, piece by piece, day by day, it gets better. And you don't stay in any situation the same forever. Correct. My only advice or and it's very simple is if you continue to live in the past, you'll never get to the future. 
Mm. You have to see something different ahead of yourself. Stop being the person you were 20 years ago, five years ago, five minutes ago. If you're in a bad spot, it's look for the future and forget about the past because your past doesn't define you. Mm-hmm. You can have a better future with whatever it is you're looking for. Let's just say that. And take it, a leap of just faith. Look to move on. Yeah. You have to have a you have to That's the biggest one. I agree. You have to have a leap of faith. You have I to agree. know that no matter what, what mm-hmm. you know what I, I, I did find that everything that I was afraid of, it that wasn't the hard part. <laughs> stuff that I was afraid would happen. Right. It was right. okay. It was the stuff I wasn't thinking of that was hard, but it wasn't as hard as doing what I wasn't meant to be doing anymore. You know, I mm-hmm. sometimes relationships aren't meant to last forever. There's they're meant to teach you things. They're meant to, to get you through a certain period of time. They're meant for growth, but they're not meant forever. And once you once you run right. that out, let it go. If you're if you're in a situation that, you know, you're being abused, let it go. Like, let whatever go that isn't serving you. It's making you miserable every day. If it's making you miserable every day, other than your children, because your children are going to make you miserable every day until they go through whatever they're going through. Mm-hmm. Um, it's OK to let go. And if it's meant to be, you'll come back to it. Your life will take you right back to where you need to be. So take the leap of faith. Know that you're going to get through it. Know that when you're going through the worst of the worst, you are building character. You're going to come out stronger. You're going to come out better. You're going to come out bruised a little bit, a little bit battered. But you're going to see what you're really made out of. And you won't live in fear anymore because you'll have already lived your hell. Correct. Uh, I totally agree with that. My my friend down the street um, she finally told me she saw Shawshank Redemption. And I think mm-hmm. that the, the end of that movie is how everyone should kind of look at life. Sometimes you got to crawl through two miles of shit to get clean on the other side. Yeah. Sometimes. And we should, we all, we all need to do that every blue moon and don't be ashamed of yourself. You're not, you're not a failure in whatever you do. I, I, I thought for a second I was a failure at marriage. Um, But now that I've learned way more and talked to a lot of different people and met people who made me feel different ways, I I wasn't a failure. It wasn't meant to be. Sometimes Mm -hmm. you have to find you have to go through a bunch of people to find the right one or you have to go through a lot of situations to find the right place. Yeah, that's all it is. I still feel like isn't the end. Yeah. I still feel like I failed, like I couldn't find a way to make it work. But then I have to think, were you really supposed to make it work? Was that the goal? Like, was that really what was supposed to happen? Because clearly he seems way happier now. I seem happier now. Sure. And what was the goal? What were we trying to accomplish that didn't serve either of us? Because... Sometimes you, you you won't realize you won't realize that you weren't a failure for quite a bit. Yeah, because you maybe you're going to go through more failures until you 
again, sometimes you have to make a conscious decision to until you get on the right path. Stop what you're doing. Mm-hmm. Stop what you're doing and try something different. If you're into asshole dudes, try the nice guy. If you're into working shitty jobs, try applying for something different. Yeah, it, there's other ways of doing this. And, and I think you've said it best and maybe we'll end it on this. That is a leap of faith. Mm-hmm. If you keep doing the same nonsense, stop and try something different. And if that doesn't work, you try something different after that. Stop being afraid to move forward and rise above where you're at. You can lose everything. And guess what? After that, you'll have new stuff to try to lose in 10 more years. It's nonsense. So yeah. I think we've both came out of this. Okay. As we should. And you know, if nothing mm-hmm. taught me anything back in 94, we had a huge earthquake here and everything in my life <laughs> got scooped up with flat shovels and thrown into big bins because it was devastating here and we lost everything. Mm-hmm. My car was underneath uh, big cinder blocks that were once a brick wall. Uh, my animal that I had was gone for 11 days, couldn't find him. Uh, we had no water, no electricity for 11 days. We had no place we could buy things that were close by. We just had to grin and bear it and pick up all of our shit with a flat shovel, throw it all away. And you know what? 94, what is that? A good 30 years now? Uh, we have more shit in the house than we mm-hmm. need again. So, <laughs> you know, it's like, it's not <laughs> like it doesn't get replaced. Right. It does. It does. So you just yes. have to let go and does. know that bigger and better is on its way because it always is. That that will leave it at that. I think that's the best way of leaving this show off. And uh, yeah, make sure you check out our social medias. We're on that Instagram, Facebook, Twitter. Uh, check us out on Apple, Spotify, Google, Amazon, iHeartRadio, tons of different places you can listen to podcasts. Uh, make sure that you subscribe and or follow and share this with other people because we're starting to see some newer places kind of pop up. That's and awesome. uh, obviously they're either finding us through through wording or word of mouth. So pass it on to your friends and family and uh, make them listen to at least one episode so they can decide. And Anything else to our, say there, Miss This Tina? is our 98th episode. Is that am I correct? No, 99, 99 I think. So next week is our 100th 99. episode. I don't even know how we did this coming from let's start a podcast at Denny's. Like who knew 100 episodes? <laughs> it's kind of freaking cool. Yes. Yeah. Yes, ma'am. Look forward Woo-hoo. to that. So yes. Next week's will be uh, 100 and uh also I'll be celebrating a birthday on that day. So all good until next week uh, for my co-host, Tina, I'm Rob, and this is an opinion show. So don't get it twisted. Keep coming back and listening until next Wednesday. Tina, it's always fun. Have a good night. We'll talk to you later. All right. Bye. Bye.